Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all the listeners out there, and welcome to this Sunday's edition of the Too Much Show. We have a special show for you all today, and on today, December 29th, 2019, we are doing a special three-hour show for you all today. There will be two links for the show. This is the first show, first hour, where we are essentially going to be talking about current events. And then our second show that normally starts at 11 a.m. will be a recap of the year. So first off, as you always know on a Too Much Show, it's always real talk by real people. And I'm your host, MT, and with me are my co-hosts. Mr. Jones, a.k.a. Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me and my other co-hosts. It's the truth. And you know we bringing in there, bringing that heat. As in, I stay for my own DMV town. Uh, hey, hey, we about to go ahead and get this party started. You know, uh, all our TMS listeners to the left, we go ahead and uh, turn your volume up. All my TMS listeners to the right, we don't need you to turn your volume up. Because we in here today, baby. I ain't even going to lie to you. I really don't know where you want to start off at. Man, how y'all feeling today? Man, I'm feeling great. It's been a cold-ass winter here in Las Vegas. I'm like, what the hell did I move here for? Look, sir, train jackets don't count for cold winters, okay? Exactly. 38 degrees right there. Exactly. Nobody with a track jacket on, man. It's cold outside. Exactly. We out here in triple-fat boots. We out here in snowsuits and everything, and he out there in a track jacket talk about his cold. Man, the hell with your cold over there. Hell, I think you're cold any day. You're cold. You're cold. It's like, man, if somebody need a window open in our house, cold. Like, that's your cold right now. It's been windy. It's snow up in the mountains. Make me want to have a cause light. It's crazy out here, dude. It really is. Really cold. He said have a cause light. Have the cause light on ice. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we get into anything, though, I do want to shout out. Uh, our winner for the TMS Fantasy Football League this year. That's it. So from the bottom of my heart, I really don't want to say his name because I lost against this man, but I have to give him credit due because I am a humble person. And also, you know, I I, I appreciate the sportsmanship and also just the grind that people put into this league uh, before I even go into it. Like this, this man was phenomenal in the free agency. Um, not even going to lie, each week he would probably go up against someone and would make a free agency move, and this guy would make some miraculous points, and then he's not on the team next week. But I have to give it up to him. He did his thing, and that's Mr. Aaron Parker. Um, y'all got anything, man? Y'all can go ahead and throw it in. Well, he did beat me in the championship in order to get it, so I had to say shout-out to him, free agent God, man. Lamar Jackson, man. He got him. He believed in him. He stuck with him. And ended up pulling it out, man. It took advantage of people that was afraid to hold on to people that was a suspension. He took a chance on them, man. They actually worked out. And let me tell you, yeah, man, I think Lamar the- Jackson, uh, Barkley last week, <laughs> they took over. 
<laughs> yeah, now that was a lot. He stuck with Saquon, um, and then along with him sticking with Saquon, another thing that was just crazy was the foolish person who let go of Tyreek Hill because of injury. And Aaron Parker picked him up, sat on him for a couple weeks, doing some reserves, and then when Hill was back in the Chiefs' offense, he made an immediate impact. So Lamar Jackson and Tariq Hill was the big was the biggest difference maker this season for Aaron. And then yeah, salute to him because he just I mean he kept having injuries after injuries after injuries, and he found a way. Uh, I'm not too salty about him winning because Mr. Jones, even if I did start the Patriots defense to get you against you and beat you, I would have lost to him in the finals any damn way. I think I would have put up maybe a couple more points than you did when I estimated my projected roster, but overall I would have lost. So he would have won anyway. So there was nothing that any hmm. of us could have done. The only person that could have no, beat no, him it, it was, was Zeus. It was definitely was, something I could have done. Yeah. I think I should have put I should have put the pipe down that night. And, and part of ways with the Christmas tree. And just put in my free agency. I think I was having a skip night, you know, just too much Tennessee and, and black mouth. You know, I don't I don't know. I definitely, definitely uh, missed that advantage. But just all the same, man, it's any given Sunday. So I hopefully that encourages everybody. And if anything, um, Aaron, if you got your money, just make sure you watch out for the dude. Um, little scruffy guy with a beard. He has long hair, and he may have a mask on. I just want to let you know, just be careful out there in these streets because he's looking for you. But also, enjoy your win, and also hopefully see you back next uh, next year for Also, hopefully everybody, this encourages everybody that listens to our show, that it's any given game that you can win. We also, we, it's not a host. We don't set it up for anything for failure. Um, it's just genuine fun. And also just, you know, on the adult side, hey, a little wager, a little um, competition price. So we'll let you know. It's very competitive and lastly, too. Shout out to us, man. It's a reason why you should listen to us. We actually know what we're talking about, man. All of us made the playoffs, man. That's going to be rare. I don't see that happening any other time soon. So shout out to us for making it, all of us. Absolutely. So. Definitely. Stay right. tuned for next year. All right, man. All so, right, so let's get into week. Who are we 16. kicking it off first with, man? We're going to uh, you for week. Oh, or you want? Oh, we going to talk about the fight? Which one? Oh, we're gonna knock let's the fight out the way. Okay, yeah, because they ain't really. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, first off, uh, first thing I want to say is overall matchup. Uh, it was three fights that night. Three people from the money team. The first fight, uh, I think his name is Lionel Thompson. I think Floyd is just using him as a tax write-off. This guy has five losses. He's fighting out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He did. He beat his opponent. However, I just wasn't that impressed with him. Both of them look like trash. Uh, You know what? literally just – go ahead. Just to follow up your point. I don't know why Floyd put him there because it's a fighter that Floyd has that I've been following since the beginning of his career. I had the honor of meeting him a couple of times. and That's uh, Rolando Romero, man. Like, Roley should have got that spot, man. 
He already fought on Showbox before, got an impressive first-round knockout. Up and coming, about seven pro fights, six of them by knockout within the first couple of rounds. He should have put him there. That would have been a good spot for him. And he also has a great personality. Like I think he's ready to be a star in the next year or two. Okay. Well, I mean, well, you never know because here's the thing, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but for, for what's next for Tank Davis, but he could be on a pay-per-view undercard. We never know. But um, also another thing, man, just shout-out to hip-hop as a whole. Uh, I see the progression. Uh, salute to QC, which is Quality Control Music, uh, P and Coach K. You know, the Migos, they have artists like the Migos signed to them, Lil Baby, City Girls, uh, and various other people that you hear on the radio. And so with having those individuals, they was able to collab with Floyd and the Money Team and Showtime, get their name out there, you know, have the announcers quote the Migos and stuff like that, and they were able to, you know, do that production in Atlanta. And I think that was the first time in almost 20 years that a title fight has even been held in Atlanta, Georgia. So salute to Tank Davis yeah. for that. Maybe his next fight will be in the uh, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, you know, that the Atlanta Falcons play in. Maybe they'll sell that out. We'll see, depending on who his opponent is. So overall, he's been... Well, he go ahead okay. and bring it down to Ricky Dick B more. I mean... <laughs> No, nah, I think he. I mean, I, I mean, he had his last fight was at the Royal Farms Arena. But also another thing too. Uh, salute to Floyd, man. For I know a lot of people. You know, we sometimes we give Floyd flack, and you know, we call him the Black Don King. But at least he's steering his cash cows in the right way. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me was Javante Davis moving to I Atlanta. Huh? Why do people call him? Why do people call him the Black Don King? But they let Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya get away with all the bullshit they going through with Golden Boy I'm right sorry, now. Well, I'm sorry, not the Black Don King. Well, give first me, of all, I, I miss Floyd because Don King is black. But I'm saying, you know, because Floyd putting together his events and you know some decisions. Well, have no, gone. no, MC, you you kind of said it right because you know uh, we kind of questioning Floyd Mayweather, you know, with the blackness and all that, you know. <laughs> the, the lifestyle that he lives and what he believes in, and he ain't really an advocate for us either. So we don't know if you want to claim him yet. So you may be right. So as in that, though, let me know if I'm wrong. I think why people say he's kind of like the black Don King. You know, Don King hosted a lot of fights just for the money. He never gave the fight for that fighter to actually progress or either just to have matchups that's worth fighting. So that's why he grabbed these people in this camp. So that way they don't fight each other because they're probably more dominant in their weight class and he can keep get that money to be afloat. So it's pretty much an easy cash game to me. That's my yeah. analogy of it. Well, yeah, I think I mean, part of the strategy too is he, he got they gotta recruit from the destruction of A B too. Because A B was supposed to be the star for them, you know what I mean? And A B he kinda he lost his fights and lost that notoriety, so I think that's part of the reason why we see a tank in these positions now, because he got to make up for the, the self-destruction of AB. Which is true. They kept on mentioning his name a lot last night. He lost a lot a of lot. money with AB. Well, that's and because I think Adrian it's... Broner. 
That's because AB was oh, saying that he was going to come back in 2020. That's all. And I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with y'all right now and just tell you I don't want to see AB in 2020. I don't care to see him in the ring at all. You know, we know what we're going to get. Story. No, I'm down I'm for not. the ridiculous story. But he, he got to fight like at least three tune-up fights before he get another shot, though. And they gotta nah, be I don't, don't want to see any championship fight next year. I want to see him rebuilding himself next year. I mean, he, he needs to prove himself. Three tune-up fights, he'd be ready by 2022. But yeah. he got to win them all in dominating fashion, though. I mean, he do, knockout. and he has to fight some of these scrubs. Like, yeah, that's what I'm he got to get these scrubs a shot because he might be a scrub Back right now. Line. Back yeah, in the line, I'm he just, goes, man. Yeah, but I'm just not sold on him. And the reason why we know what we're going to get with AB. With AB, we're going to get a bunch of trash talking. We're going to get what he's going to do to people. And then he going to get in there and throw 10 to 15 punches around. But just getting back to the overall events, uh, let's start off actually before we even get to the main event. But, well, what I was saying was, so salute to Floyd for steering, you know, Devontae Davis in the right direction. Y'all see the craziness right now that's going on in Baltimore. The young girl uh, got shot in the head in her own salon. Another mother was killed outside the convenience store that she works at. It was only a matter of time before the goons was going to try to come at Tank Davis, especially with the success and the money that he has. You know, he's looked at almost like a god around there because all the community work and everything that he's doing for the kids. Um, But, yeah, salute to him, getting him out of Baltimore, and salute to him for bringing 30-plus children, man, from Baltimore down to Atlanta. They, you know, rented out a hotel for them, put them up in the hotel, got them tickets to the fight so they could see the fight, and they spending the whole weekend down to Atlanta, in Atlanta. So that's definitely amazing. Yeah, um, I definitely take off my hat to that. That's dope. Um, cause that means a lot just for an athlete, period, to, I guess, step outside his environment or, you know, um, his home bringing, but also support it. You don't have to still be there and get swallowed up and not continue your career. I think this is a stepping stone for most athletes and even just people of, you know, the public eye, uh, anybody that, uh, you know, maybe the public or, you know, that has fans or anybody, you know, has uh, anybody envying them. That this is a great step yeah. that you can still progress See, and then still do for your hometown. We don't do it. They so ostracize you. You hear about it if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. So you, and then that's another thing. Just because you left, you won't hear about it too. So it's a great thing that we actually mention this too as well. Because a lot of platforms always use that spin. Oh, God moves to Los Angeles, moves here, leaves hometown. What does he do for the people that support him? No, he probably does a lot. Probably has some recreations, uh, did a lot for his high schools, um, middle schools, anywhere that he came up bringing from, but nobody hears about that. So I think this is actually a good move in that light. It's a great move, and I'm glad that they really talked about him bringing the kids down because it's a lot that goes behind 
it's a lot that these athletes do, and they don't always get the credit for it. Like another thing, um, like people don't even realize that Jared Hurd don't even have a box at home anymore because he came up in Hillcrest Gym. Uh, he turned around and gutted the whole gym out, remodeled it, revamped it and everything. And now because him and his trainer parted ways, that's no longer his box at home. And now he's been all over. He's been at Alexandria Boxing Club. He's been at um he's been well since he's been and he's been in uh, Colorado training and he's moved out of his parents' house as well. But I mean I think that's the best thing for him to do was to move and get away because we all know just being natives, man, other DMV that Oh yeah, we we it bring does. down it some suck, of our it'll suck you in. We'll bring down <laughs> yeah, some of our, our, our potentials. I said a long exactly. time ago. I think it's time for him to move west and just refocus himself and rebrand himself. Exactly. He's trying to take the Swift brand to the next level, honestly. Exactly. It is. So, but, um, no, man. But before you get yeah, into the man. major fight, um, the I, I'm. And you didn't finish covering the first fight. Not sure who won that yeah. one. And then you was getting into the second one. Okay. Yeah, so Badu Jack, uh, who's a TMT fighter, went up against John Pascal. Uh, for those of you all that don't know, I mean, it's been some history. Uh, it, it was for a light heavyweight title. Um, John Pascal beat, uh, what is the guy's name? Marcus. I forgot. Hold on. I can. Uh, I'll get the exact name. But essentially, he beat a guy earlier this year that had beat Bottle Jack last year for the title. Um, and so those two fought, and it was a very close fight. Uh, John Pascal. He had a strategy that he was going to come out. Marcus Brown. That's his name. So Marcus Brown. Um, okay. So Pascal. Had a had the mindset, and he said, you know, going into his camp, that he was going to work on being aggressive because he knows that Bobby Jack is a slow starter. And to be honest, it proved true. Bobby Jack didn't heat up until the second half of the fight. It was about the seventh round, um, and Bobby Jack actually scored a knockdown in the tenth or eleventh round because I mean, you could see like Pascal. He was taking some shots. He definitely was. Uh, Pascal, man, he's a very, how can I put it, he's an off-balance guy, but he's one of those guys where he has the type of power that when he sits on his punches, he can put you on your ass. And that's what happened early. And then he started getting a little bit wild, and what's the name's punches? Um, Badu Jack, his punches got a little bit shorter. And he was able to turn with them. And overall, it actually ended up being a split decision, which I felt was the right decision, but I felt like it should have been a split decision draw, if that makes sense. I was okay with a split decision, but I just wasn't sure about Pascal winning the fight. But another reason why I say shout-out to Floyd is because Mm. if there was ever a time for him to step in, you know, say something to the judges, you know, whisper in their ear, that that would have been the time so Bottle Jack could have got the edge. Uh, the crowd was pretty much split. Some of them thought that Pascal won. 
then other ones were booing and felt like Bobby Jack should have won it. But at the end of the day, Bobby Jack, like, you can't come out there throwing five or ten punches and, you know, the first six rounds and then and get knocked down and then think that that's going to be okay. It's not. Uh, yeah. But the knock, yeah, but the knockdown that happened, I believe, late in the fight in the 11th or 12th round, I didn't really consider that a knockout because Pascal got hit, and then he was still balanced, but then he went to throw a wild punch to try to counter, and when he yeah, missed, and he, he, yeah, he, he fell he into missed. the rope. <laughs> He thought that thing yeah, was like he back and, and fell. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, we're scoring this a knockdown. And when that happened, I said, okay, the fix is in. Bobby Jack is going to win. But then when it went split decision and it went to Pascal, I was like, okay, all right. But um, I but no, but the knockdown Pascal, was worse. But that that knockdown, it was a similar, it was a similar fall. Recent to that, and which could have been classified as a knockdown because he did get touched. But I, I get yeah. into it later. Okay. But, yeah, so Pascal, man, and then salute to him, man. We've seen it time and time again, the fighters that actually take it serious, they are uh, they going away for their camps to get away from distractions. Pascal went to Puerto Rico, and he said all he did was just train. He said he wanted to be away from everybody. He had to be away from his daughter, his family. You know, because the only thing that he wanted to think about was boxing and retaining that title that he just won earlier in the year. And I remember we covered that fight, too, because that was one where he was losing. But he caught the dude, Marcus Brown. I think he knocked him down like three or four times finally before the fight got called off because Brown was actually dominating. It was just when Pascal was sitting on his punches and catching him with them short hooks or uppercuts, he was putting him on his ass. So that one, that was actually an entertaining fight. It really was. I was, um, like I said, I was surprised at the final decision. I thought it at least would have been a split decision draw. But one thing that I could say is I don't want to see a rematch. I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely good on that uh, too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, we didn't waste my time talking yeah, about it. Um, and then, like, like just what Sam mentioned earlier, like, we didn't picture one of them actually even even fighting. Uh, what was that? Uh, Pascal. So, if anything, we'll probably wanted to see another uh, more. I mean, it was it was a nice it was a nice condition fight. I would say, like it was kind of go for the slugfest. But as you can see, they got fatigued later into the round. So that's why everything was more sloppy, and it was just like, all right, let me hurry up and finish this. So, yep. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see a rematch. No. Uh, yep. Let's get into the main event. Well, before right, I get, get into, into the it. main event, I want to say the best thing about it wasn't even the fight itself. I I look at it from a deeper point of view. The production of Showtime and the commentary. And we're so desperately looking for a replacement to HBO Boxing still. And I still think Showtime actually has the best position to actually take over. I mean, PBC has the shows, but they don't be having the best cars. And, I mean, top rank, forget about it. And the zone only has a few fighters on the contract. 
So I think Showtime is in the best position to take over as far as being the premier, you know, boxing network. And the commentary, I mean, Mauro Ronaldo, he speaks for himself. I think he's the best commentator, period, in all the sports and entertainment right now because he does it all, you know. And to get into the fight itself, I thought this fight was a little bit underwhelming because I thought Tank could have finished the fight early. I'm talking about by the third or fourth round because it was a couple of fakes that he did when he got the knockdown early, and I'm like, wow, this dude don't know what Tank is going to throw. But, I mean, shout out to Gamboa for showing heart and actually trying to last throughout the uh, 12 rounds of the fight, but he was taking shots, man. He was taking shots. And let's be honest, Gamboa caught Tank with a couple of combos late in the fight as well, and I think if Tate would have had that big opportunity and he fought that way against, like, a Lomachenko or Gary Russell, I think Gary Russell would have finished him, and I think Lomachenko would have outpointed him by a lot. Uh, I still think it's work that Tate needs to do before he gets the major fight, but I don't think he needs any more tune-ups because he's in a position now to get the purses that he deserves. I think he's a big mm-hmm. enough name now in that lightweight division to get that opportunity. Do I think he's ready for that opportunity? As of what I see last night, no, but I think a tight time it will really help him. He's not ready. What do you talk about? He might need to do some work. He need to do all work. Like, he got lucky last night. Well, to be honest with you. No, I would say so because no. nah, I'm gonna say this, go and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go ahead and go in. Yeah, Those yeah, first couple of rounds, and I called it. I say, yeah, he's gonna knock this guy out. Now, if that shoe situation true. never happened, either one, he would have got knocked down, and it would have been a different story, or either two, that man would have started fighting. And would have been able to throw those jabs and those combinations like he did later in the round that he was trying to win. I see a lot of AB and Tank style too, as far as like standing straight up and throwing like mini combos, but not really letting his fist fly. And honestly, I think he really needs to improve on movement in the ring. Oh my God. He don't move like that. It's times that he, he almost he, was left. And a guy he like Lomachenko is going to pick them angles off all night because he's not going to stand there and let you punch him. He's not going to fall for them head things. Like, Lomachenko's defense is, is pretty impeccable. Uh, I think Tank will have problems with a Lomachenko if he don't move. He needs to move. All right, are you all finished? <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, here's what I wanted to just say. First of all, each camp is different for the fighter that you face. It was clear that Tank didn't take Gamboa serious because if you look at Gamboa's last fight, that was his first knockout victory in five years. Gamboa is aging. He's 38 years old. He was a shell of himself. We could tell that Tank uh, trained for this fight to end early. He was probably trying to end about a fourth round, and 
for whatever reason, he just didn't – he wasn't aggressive and he didn't jump out there. Uh, he could have finished him when that first knockdown happened, but, you know, the referee and everything get in the way, some of the clinches and things like that. I do believe that if Tank goes up against a Gary Russell or Lomachenko or Tiafomo Lopez or somebody like that, his camp will be a lot different. His focus will be a lot different. So it, it it's with each fighter that you are fighting. He literally thought, and we all thought, that he was going to be able to knock Gamboa out within the first at least five to six rounds. When that didn't happen, then Tank realized, I don't have much in the tank as far as stamina, so I need to pace myself. And that's what he did. Throughout the later rounds, you saw it. He was very stagnant in the first two minutes of the round, and then in the last one minute, he started throwing combinations to essentially steal the round away from Gamboa and make sure that he outpoints him. Uh, but again, I think he's going to have a different camp if he signed for a big, for a major fight or if he's on a pay-per-view. He's going to have to. Yeah. I mean, that's what they because do if anyway. I was tank, Because if I was Tank, I wouldn't have taken Gamboa serious. I wouldn't. That was the guy first time knocking somebody out, and the dude who he knocked out was a bum. But that was his first time knocking somebody out in five years. He's 38. He's old. I know I'm the younger, faster, more powerful fighter. I I wouldn't have taken that camp serious neither. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was out partying the whole week leading up to that fight. Since he was in Atlanta, he pulled up in the arena in the Lambo. So, yeah, he was probably chilling with QC and all them throughout the week. I wouldn't have taken it serious. Still should have knocked him out. And defensively, late, late. But let me ask you this, though. Yeah, you TK, you I know you got TK. But let me ask you this, though. Based on what you've seen in that fight, though, do you think he could beat a Gary Russell or Lomachenko right now? Even with I that think training that he could camp be, I think that he could beat Lomachenko, absolutely. Gary Russell, that would be more of a strategic fight because we know Gary knows how to keep the distance. But Loma, I told you, Loma is lazy when he comes out of his combination. And that left hand from Tank, if he catch Loma going into his left hand and he catch him with a hook or uppercut, that's going to hurt Lomachenko, plain and simple. And y'all got to remember yeah, Lomachenko, but you got to remember too, Lomachenko is going to realize who he's fighting in Tank, and he's not going to go full speed or try to walk down Tank like he does some of his other opponents. Like I said, it all depends on who you fight. Yeah. Also, I, another I, thing I, that I'll well, – well, lastly, another thing, too, just real quick on the tank fight. I felt like he burned a lot of unnecessary energy as well. Um, you know, the referee – I don't know what was going on with that referee and when he was called himself separating the fighters, and then it seemed like once the round started, Tank would go running at Gamboa, but then the referee would get it between. Hold on, hold on. Let him get set. Let him get set. Man, when the bell rings, that's it. That means that it's time to throw hands. So Tank was burning unnecessary energy, you know, running up to Gamboa instead of just more so just nah, walking. Nah, he was trying to knock him out he was tired. Yeah. You can't even say he wasn't because one at the end of the day, and what I was, uh, well, what I mentioned earlier, it could have 
been a knockdown because Tank almost fell out the ropes by swinging after he got tagged. And it almost looked like a knockdown. Mm-hmm. Like, if he would have probably punched him back. And that's another thing, too, that made me question a lot about this fight. Gamboa held his punches a lot. Like, he would do a nice combo, and you would see the replay, and he's just looking at him. Like, should I swing again? I kind of question that a lot, too. Yeah, he was a shell of himself. Trust me. He looked absolutely, he looked like, you know what he looked like out there? He looked like this was probably the highest paid fight that he's ever had. And he probably had some type of incentive in his contract that if he can last into the twelfth round, that he would get an extra hundred thousand or something like that. That's what that looked like, and he was just holding on for dear life. That's all he cared I don't about. Knock, I don't knock it. I don't knock it. Uh-huh. Probably if he would have went the distance, he would have got paid an extra, you know, ten, ten. Well, not even ten. Probably like six, ten percent. I don't know. He a low fighter, so. Maybe yeah, a good extra four to six percent. Yeah, something like that. But that's all it seemed like. And I was just sitting there watching. I was like, okay. I was like, I mean, this fight is, is eh, like it is what it is. But now, but you gotta you gotta say though, your man, your man David's legs was real shaky at the end. It was yeah, at I some mean, point, so he couldn't even hold himself up. Yeah, you know, I mean, his I legs was about to buckle. He even yeah, tripped up I mean, a couple of times, like he had the drunk legs. So he needed to condition true. himself better. And you know what? And another thing, too, shout out to Gamboa for taking the time. Um, shout out to Gamboa for lasting because I actually think he ruptured his Achilles early in the fight. I thought he was quitting. That's why oh, I he, made that post I, in the group. I, I want to say he, he messed up. Something messed up. I'm not even going to lie to you. Because uh, I noticed in the fight early in the round, as soon as his shoe, or he said it was something wrong with his shoe, I seen him kept on walking mm-hmm. trying to wiggle it out. And it seemed like either the heel of his shoe slipped or the material broke that was inside and made it wobble because his, his foot was literally leaning on the side of the shoe like it was a fat person's foot. I mean, mm-hmm. no no fat shaming, but an obese person's foot, okay? That makes it better. <laughs> so, and like it was leaning to the side and he couldn't hold his stability. That's why he kept on trying to dodge, uh, I believe, to the, uh, to the right. But he couldn't go to the left because he had to push off his back foot. So yeah. once I seen him tape it up, that's when he started coming back with the counter punches. And I was like, okay, something's working here. Then it's, I know it's definitely the shoe. And I think it's just ripped at the end of the day. I think the shoe ripped, maybe the material, um, whatever it was that was supporting his heel, he couldn't keep the uh, balance on or something. Well, at the end of the fight, up, but... well, here's the thing, and then we'll get to football, but at the end of the fight, after his adrenaline and everything calmed down, he couldn't put no pressure on that foot. So that tells me something happened to his ankle or his Achilles. That's what that tells me. He had a Kevin Durant moment, unfortunately. 
I don't know. I don't think it was probably the Achilles. I think he just really messed up the heel of his foot, putting all that pressure on it. He was trying to win that fight. All right. Well, let's see. But um, all right, y'all. Let's get to football. Week 16, GBU. Mr. Jones, you want me to take it away, or do you want to go first, sir? No, you take it away because I only got a bad and an ugly, and it's for one fucking team. But you could go ahead. All right, all right, y'all. Yeah, I know y'all. He's been upset all week. I had to send him some pacifiers and some formula, but it's okay. So, first of all, (laughs) shout out to the Texans, man, solidifying their spot in the playoffs. Also, another good was Baltimore locking up the number one seed. So, yes, the playoffs will be going through. Baltimore. Now, for the bad, first of all, the Vikings getting cocky against the Green Bay Packers with the division on the line. I don't know what the hell, what kind of play calling that was that Mike Zimmer was doing, but this is why he's been on the hot seat as well as a coach this season because of stupid-ass games like that. The game was pretty much closed most of the way through, but then he just started getting cocky with stupid play calls. Like They act like they was pretty much I get that you're essentially already in the playoffs, but why not get a home game that first game instead of having to go on a road? Because if you have to go on a road to Green Bay, it's not going to be pretty for you. Let's be real. Also, another bad, the Seahawks. Like, I get it, man. You lost Chris Carson during the game. You lost all your running backs due to injuries. But you lose to your division rival Cardinals. By 14 points, you lose 27 to 13. That, to me, I was just literally sitting there like, wow. Um, And then does anybody want the AFC South is my next question. I mean, I know that the Texans have it, but I guess this last wild card spot, uh, the Titans were up big on the Saints and gave up a huge, huge lead to them and ended up losing and allowed the Saints to come back. Yeah, I think they were up either 14 they were up 14 nothing on the Saints and then the Saints came back and went 38 to 28. Huh, yeah, they first shit right now. Possible. Yeah. For the ugly. Mr. Jones, I'm going to let you take it away. Go ahead, sir. Just go ahead go ahead and get into the ugly. I don't I don't want to I don't want to The motherfucking Dallas Cowboys. No, no. Let me get to the good, though. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles for once again. Let me clap it up. Let me clap it up for y'all, man. Oh, my goodness. Look, look, man. Look, I just had to support your team. That's what I do, man. Don't mind me of somebody else that. uh... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, to get into the good, shout out to the Eagles, man. They showed a lot of heart, and they showed once again why they might be the class of the shitty NFC East division. All of them deserve to be flushed down the toilet one at a time because they all played like shit. Now, let's get into this game in particular, the bad and the ugly. Now, the bad for this game, because we're all talking about the Dallas Cowboys and how they pissed it away. First and foremost, he gets a bad and not an ugly because I will give him an excuse. He has a little shoulder injury. He still showed up on the field. And he showed it out of no he showed it out of heart. Should have been on the field, man. If you're on the field, you're active, you're playing. He missed some touchdown passes. And he wasn't the most accurate that game. But he, he still was like one of the only ones that showed it out of heart. 
Another bad was, of course, the play calling. Back to years past, we do not feed the beast. How many carries Zeke had that game? I think 13. Hold on, I'll confirm that for you. But I believe they only gave him 13 carries. Yes, 13. What the fuck plan do we live on? A game like that, he gets 13 carries. What the fuck plan do we live on? 20 to 25 easy he should have got. I think 20 would have been too low for that game. This is a game for your season. You got to wake the fuck up. It's like Romo is not our quarterback no more. Dez Brad is not our receiver. DeMarcus Ware is not our defensive end. Roy Williams is not our safety. But why the fuck are we getting the same results once again? You know why? Because it all starts at the top. I, I'm tired of calling for Jason Garrett job and all of that. Because I'm starting to think when you allow a crackhead to continue to come to your house and you know he steals stuff from you, it's your fault to crack here and steal something from you. And Jerry Jones is enabling this dude. He has to make a move. And once again, shout out to the Washington Redskins, because I'm hearing now that Bruce Allen ass is about to be history as well. Well, it's They're not about to be He's done. He's done. They, they got rid of the coach. Done. They, got, they yep. got rid of the coach. They got rid of the GM. And they damn sure probably in the offseason get rid of their coordinator. Why the fuck are we not doing the same? You know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting the different results. No, you know why? Because y'all make money. Y'all make money being an average team. And I agree. And it's just just because y'all been under the radar for so long. Well, I wouldn't say that. Now it's a, it's a problem. Yeah, no. No, no, no we haven't been under that. the radar. You can't be under the we radar as a Dallas Cowboy. You can't. Uh, we all are uh, on the forefront of the I mean, media but, every single okay, week. Okay, y'all always on the top of the discussion, but y'all still always have at least playoff potential. So of course that kind of goes out the window. And then I mean, you're making a, another great move. You start the year off nice. It's, it's still, a, a, you know, just a loop. It's a, it's a never-ending loop. Now, I know the stats for the last couple of years, maybe even the last 10 years. So, it's it's, it's a repeat. Mm-hmm. No, but the thing that's crazy about it, and I wouldn't say we have the radar, is every year it's always almost a star on every level. From It's a star offensive line. It's a star in the skill position. It's a star in the defensive front. It's a star in linebacker. And it's, it's a potential – Pro Bowl caliber corner or safety we always have every single year. It's just they don't produce. They don't know how to motivate and bring out the full potential of their players because we were favored every game this year except for the Patriots game. Yep. Yet they continue to piss away their chances and fucking underachieve. And I'm one of the biggest Cowboys fans you ever meet. I can break down the history from where we started. I can break it all down for you. Team stats and everything. But I'm one of the people that I see past the bullshit. And this is another year of bullshit. This is probably okay, the so, biggest. So break down break down the point. Okay. Break down the point of the solution. 
Or do you want to wait? Do you want to? The solution is we need to do what the Redskins are doing right now. It's time to clean house. It's time to start over with a new philosophy, but that's never going to happen. Because, like I said once before, and I say it again, Cowboys are never going to win to the day they read Jerry Jones' eulogy, and I, I, I'm sad to say that. I, I hate to say that. Because, you know, Man, Jerry look, Jones... You know, Jerry Jones is going to be the Walt Disney of the NFL. Literally. He's going to stay alive Literally. until they win a championship, and if it don't happen... I just won't win. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to see another one in his life. Unless he changes. Yeah. Unless he gives the ranks over to Steven, I don't see him I don't see him ever changing. And even with Steven, he's going to put buzz in his ear. All right, so are you ready? It, uh, let me let me just touch on this real quick before we get into uh, the pickums and everything today. Uh, just additionally, what I want to say is, yes, it it was bad the play calling because Zeke looked like he started to gain ahead of steam in the second half, and then the Cowboys just stopped giving him the ball, and it's like they tried to force Dak to win that game. It's like they tried to force. Yeah, he has a fucked up shoulder, right? Yeah, forty-four pounds. Exactly, and you can see that his throwing mechanics were off. If you look at the way Dak normally throws the ball and then how he threw it that game, his mechanics were off. Yeah, he was pushing. He pushed yeah, out of his he throws. He pushed out of his throws. Exactly. And that's why he overshot Gallup a couple times on the touchdown. He missed Tavon Austin when wow. he had a couple steps on his defender. Uh, it was it was bad. But well, I don't blame him for the Amari Cooper mishap because Amari Cooper don't know how to fucking get open. Like, well, Amari Cooper no, is thing, too, with Amari. Amari is another one. He's battling the injury. He's not going to come out and make it an excuse. But you got to remember, I don't see the same burst and everything from Amari Cooper. And what I was going to say about you having to remember is early in the season, Amari Cooper was making cornerbacks look foolish as far as being able to get open. He was. Remember, he was essentially all we had in the Saints game, uh, I know he went out early in the Jets game, but in that Packers game, he was out there balling. So he knows how to get open. The issue is he doesn't have any push because of his ankle. But that's the time, Cowboys, where you utilize your weapons. We have uh, Jeff Swan. We have Jason Witten at tight end. And I forgot the other tight end name. Uh, Blake Jarwin is his name. Blake Jarwin. We have him who's a big physical guy. That's when you use them. It was cold out there. It was in Philadelphia. That's the time where you start hitting them with the heavy hitters and let the defense break themselves down and get tired, and then you march in there and you score. But for the Cowboys to essentially have three field goals, and I think they were able to reach the red zone twice and they only got field goals out of it, I mean, it just shows you. Right then and there, like the poor execution and the Cowboys story all season. We had control of the division all season. And literally, we had one tie, and then we pulled away again when we beat the Eagles. And then we wait literally until the second to last game of the season to lose it. But nonetheless, I'm going to let you all know Jerry Jones told Skip Bayless that this season will be the greatest story ever told 
for the Dallas Cowboys. And with that being said, the Philadelphia Eagles will lose today against the New York Giants. Look for the Eagles to jump out early. They're not going to struggle. They're going to jump out early on the Giants. And I don't know, somehow, either Daniel Jones, I don't know if he's going to get hurt. I don't know what it's going to be. But somehow I feel like Eli Manning is going to find himself in that game. And if Eli finds himself in that game, I have the Giants pulling away at the end and winning by a field goal to break the Eagles. I look for the Cowboys to get off to a slow start. Let me finish. I look for the Cowboys to get off to a slow start against the Redskins. I think the Redskins are going to jump out early. They are. It just is what it is. They're going to jump out early on. Um, Dwayne Haskins is going to light it up. I know Scary Terry is hurt, but they'll find somebody. The Cowboys, they always let no names come and just do whatever they want against them. Uh, Maybe AP will have a big day since we're so decimated in the linebacking core. And then it's going to take the fourth quarter, and it's going to take two successful drives for the Cowboys to come back and win. And I have them winning by about six points. Late touchdown wins the game for the Cowboys. Late field goal wins the game for the Giants. <sighs> that is all I have. Well yeah, said. Yeah, so well said. I was like, oh, my God. Who is this guy talking today? Yeah. Never heard you talking this way, especially about the team. Oh, no, man. Okay, though. I mean, I, I don't have anything if that, to say. If that happens, okay. Let's win the first and second round. Then I'll be okay. They still got to win in the playoffs. Shouldn't even have to I mean, but, this. so, y'all in, like, a wild card position, correct? No. Well, or... if we win, no. So, here's what will happen. We're not in the wild card position. We have to win and the Eagles have to lose. If we win and the Eagles lose, we will host a wild card game in Dallas. That's what will happen. And after if y'all today, win. we will. So if y'all yeah, lose, if we win, what will happen? We go home. Plain and simple. Or okay. we could win, and then if the Eagles win, we still go home. Hmm. I think the Eagles are going up. <sighs> I mean, sorry to say, I think they're going to win. All right. Well, I mean, Eagles are banged up. They don't have Ertz. Yeah, they don't have Ertz uh, there. That's Wentz's favorite target. So, once again, they're well, going to have to put there. somebody. Yeah, Goddard is no Goddard is a beast. No, he's not a scrub. We wanted Goddard until they reached up and stole him from us. You see that catch he made against Dallas in the back of the end zone? Oh, of course. I mean, what else is new? Everybody makes great catches against us. That's nothing. But I, but the thing that pisses me off is we just squandered all the opportunities. The Minnesota game we should have won. The Buffalo yep. game should have been as ugly. You blow out the fucking Rams and got your revenge from the playoffs, and then you get the biggest game of pretty much this decade for the franchise, and you lose that. Right. I don't know, man. It's the definition of a set. It's sonified. It is, but let's do it. Um, 
let's get into the pickums. You think we're gonna be able? Yeah, we we should be able to zoom through these in nine minutes. All right, quick recap. Last week, I won just because the Monday Night Football score once again. Zeus, sorry to say, you were tied with me, but I got the Monday Night closer, so I won this weekend. I actually took over the league nah. as well, so I'm up. Hopefully, we can win this last week. But let's get to a few games that may that may matter today. We kind of recapped two already. So, Zeus, what's your pick between Philly and New York? He's going to choose Philly. Of course. I know you are. I mean, I, I really don't want to choose Philly. You know, you, well, if nobody knows, I literally hate Philly fans because yes. When they're up, oh, I know, but sir, my God. sir, sir, I know, but sir, we gotta keep yeah. it moving. All right, all right, so yeah, you. Philly. All right, all right. Y'all already got know. I have the Giants, and then of course Washington Dallas. We know I picked two for Dallas, one for Washington. All right, let's exactly. get to Tennessee and Houston, man. Who yeah, I got one of these games? Right, home. real quick for the Tennessee. So, real quick for the Tennessee and Houston game, Tennessee is going to win it. Uh, Houston is sitting down Watson, and they're limiting DeAndre Hopkins today. So, they pretty much gave this game to the Titans. And also, too, another game is the Colts versus the Jaguars. The Colts are still in playoff position. So, so yeah, I got one in that game. Colts. The Colts and the – you said the Colts and the Jags. Um, yeah, I got the Colts winning. And then let's get into the Sunday night game. This is going to be a good one tonight. We got San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. They got the Seahawks back this game. Yeah, give me the uh, give me the Seahawks. I actually want the Niners to win because I would love to see the Seahawks in the first round and that wild card, but. Uh, right now, we don't know what beast mode is going to be like. So, I mean, that well, he ain't playing So, yeah. He ain't playing this Yes, game. he is. Oh, he's not? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought he was. I, got, I, got, I actually got San Francisco. Man, they show so much heart this year. I think San Francisco is going to close it out strong, man. They're going to make a push okay. like uh, Baltimore is. And speaking of that game, Pittsburgh, they need a few favors, but they still got a shot. Do you think they're going to beat Baltimore today? Well, yeah, I think Steelers can beat Baltimore. The only problem is going to be Baltimore's pass rush. If they can get back there and, uh, you know, rattle Hodges, that's going to be the big thing. I don't know. I actually still got Baltimore pulling out with RG3. RG3 got something to prove. I think he can hold it down this game. And I just think Pittsburgh quarterback situation is too decimated, man. But then again, they want this agenda for Mike Tomlin to be coach of the year. So I don't – I could easily see Pittsburgh pulling it out. Okay. Any other games worth mentioning before we continue to move? Nope. I think that's pretty much about it. I mean, we covered it. The NFC East, man, this is huge. And, of course, this – this basically played out the way that the NFL wanted it to. Comes down to the last week in week 17, and they move 
both of these games before 30. They were both 1 o'clock games, but they flexed them. So look for the NFL to make a a shit ton of money on these games. People will be out at the bars placing their bets at the casino, you know, going to their local sports book, doing whatever they need to do. But this one's going to be a doozy. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of traffic out here in the afternoon in Las Vegas. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's take a quick break, man. Get back for part two. Yeah. Oh, we will see. Um, That's pretty much all we have for the first show. You already have a great show coming up for you at the top of the hour. Uh, we got plenty of top fives and everything for you. We're going to do the, we got a couple topics where we're going to do top fives of the year. And then we also will take our list and throw out some other artists that may be contenders for athlete or artists of the decade. So, yeah, we're going to do that. And we will see you all in literally a couple minutes. And we are signing off for this show. So see you all soon. All right? All right.